What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Experience, the podcast about overcoming struggles and adversity and how that relates to addiction, recovery, and health. I am your host and the CEO of Elevate Addiction Services, Angie Manson. And I'm Dallas Terrell, co-host and life intervention counselor at Elevate. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's jump right in. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Elevate Experience podcast. Today, we dive in with Cody Rain. If you're unfamiliar with Cody Rain, he is a very famous TikToker. What he's famous for, though, is crushing the narrative that drinking alcohol is cool. He was an alcoholic himself. He definitely tells his recovery story and how he got sober, and it's extremely impactful. Listening to it was like I, like watching a movie. Like I was on, the, I'm I'm in the podcast, guys, and. I just spent my time listening to him tell his story. It was that moving. It was that powerful. And I think you guys are going to get a lot out of it. A couple things to note about Cody Rain. I think he has a different spin on addiction. I think he doesn't view it through the same lens as most. And I mean that in a really good way. I think he challenges the the paradigms, the narratives of, of traditional recovery, traditional um, treatment which is which is beautiful it's nice to see so i don't want to spoil the episode too much for you guys but he does own a uh how how do you explain it he explained it as a digital platform so he owns a digital platform for people curious about sobriety for people that are in recovery that want to drink less it's called the beyond sober program and it's a purely digital community, a digital program, and it's open to the public. And it's a it's a beautiful thing what he's doing. So I really encourage you guys to check that out. Again, it's Beyond Sober Program. Follow him on TikTok. You'll be one of millions following him. And he, he's producing some super cool content, and he's a very genuine guy. So I can't wait to share this with you guys. And uh, let's do it. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we got a very special guest, Mr. Cody Rain. Cody Rain, welcome to the show, brother. We're so excited to have you, man, and to freestyle this conversation. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here, man. It's it's been quite a journey to to find and attract some of the most amazing people, uh, such as yourselves, and be invited onto these amazing shows and be able to share my journey, my strengths, you know, all the the horrifyingly beautiful circumstances that I've had the privilege of overcoming and in sharing that story and hopefully inspire you know people to take action, make moves, make magic. And that's, that's what I'm here to do. So thank you so much for inviting me on today. Awesome, we're so glad to have you. So with that, why don't we talk about your story? Like what led you to where you are today? Uh, obviously none of us just had a passion for sobriety until we had <laughs> a bit of a past that led us to this journey. So so how did you get there? Let's talk about that. That's, I just released a video and I said, I remember when I had my first beer, I was actually eight years old. Uh, my dad gave it to me, I was in Mexico and uh, it was a Pabst Blue Ribbon and PBR, I remember those. <laughs> Beer became just kind of like you know. I was I'm in eighty. I was born in eighty five. So being raised in the nineties, no seatbelts. You get home and the street lights come on. You know, dinners is <laughs> maybe waiting, right? And I grew up a uh, very well, poor, just just struggling. And so alcohol and, and all of that was a major staple in every single family member. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic. My mom was an alcoholic. My as of the past three years, I believe my, I think it's been three years, my little sister's liver failed, my liver failed, my mom's a struggling alcoholic. 
So, I'm one of those people who has been very, very conditioned and is incredibly familiar with the struggles in life and more importantly, the coping mechanisms that help you forget about the pain you're in, which is another video I just put out today. Uh, I got so good, quote unquote, in drinking alcohol that um, I was able to consume roughly 30 shots a day. Um, wow. Two bottles, yeah. Two by years what, by what age was that? That, I didn't start drinking that heavily until I was about third, 29, 29. I, um, drink all the way through high school, just casually. Everybody starts casually and just parties on the weekend and, and does what they do. Um, then that becomes your identity. Yep. So <laughs> growing up, it was house party to house party to event. Uh, then as I got into DJing, it was a rooftop party, then it was a, a rave, then it was a, just every event you could possibly imagine. And that became my entire existence, was drinking and partying and doing the whole die young thing. I was expecting to die at 27. This is where that phrase, you know, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. I used to live by that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it makes sense. And what had happened is I got so good at drinking alcohol that it became uh, my medicine. And that is when you realize that you're, 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 you're done. Like there's, it's an extremely difficult road after that when you wake up and your first thought is not the love of your life but the love of your life is now a poison because that's going to stop the shakes and that's going to make you forget about your depression it's going to make you forget about all the things that will not stop running through your extremely adhd ridden mind and uh yeah so i fell out of love with djing i couldn't dj i couldn't i couldn't do anything without being under the influence couldn't have conversations couldn't enjoy music anymore didn't enjoy fitness, didn't enjoy anything unless I was under the influence. And obviously that only happens if you've practiced drinking alcohol for such a long time. And uh, yeah, so. <laughs> you yeah. you would drink, I just I want to stop. So you would drink yeah. before your fitness? Like how did that work? I, I used to take two shots of tequila, then bench press. Oh my yeah, gosh. Man. Yeah, <laughs> then a shot of tequila. That sounds so dangerous, holy crap. <laughs> I have, yeah, they're, they're actually, this was, I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago, maybe, where I would take two shots and I'm like, I can live 230, 235 at my house with nobody around. Oh my I'll God. I'll just go from here to here. Nope. <laughs> Here's your chest. <laughs> at least it didn't hurt that bad because you got a micro toast beforehand. Um, and then years later, I, I found out that your liver could either process alcohol or it could process fat. So... <laughs> I was getting bigger, but I was getting thicker at the same time. So living in that false reality, alcohol is the answer to everything. It's, oh, you're not looking that great, take a shot. It won't matter, you're good, right? Yeah. You look great today, take a shot, celebrate. Yeah. It's just the answer to every single circumstance. And uh, I have weak lungs <laughs> from smoking for like 16 years as a kid. And so tequila would help me kind of, we'll say, get my wind back when mm -hmm. I was trying to lose weight. So taking a shot and then going for a run, that's actually not uncommon. Being on TikTok and seeing these kids do these things, people do that all the time. Wow. And so that's where I convinced myself I was actually getting healthy and I was actually destroying myself and putting in twice the work for a tenth of the results. It's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays it's different. Yeah. Um, so eventually what had happened is because alcohol became my best friend. It was there when I was at my lowest. It was there when I was bored. There when I was excited. It was 
the only thing I look forward to, um, I let it consume me to the point where I lost my job. I lost my house, lost my car, all my money. Um, actually became a felon for defending myself. Uh, I lost everything that I'd ever worked for in my career. Everything that I'd ever loved or had love for was gone. Mm-hmm. And then I had to recalibrate, re- look at my life and go, you're negative in two bank accounts. You don't have a car, you don't have friends, you barely have family. You have everything that you've ever struggled or worried about is gone now because you can't maintain it. It's all because of alcohol. And this is before I had a medical issue. <laughs> so <laughs> there was that slow downfall. I had met um, a woman who was like, I, I can see you for who you are. Not the alcoholic that's on stage DJing with celebrities, but I see you for who you are. And uh, we fell in love and I moved to San Diego and we got engaged. And then things got interesting. Uh, she knew how bad I was. But take that back. She didn't understand how bad it actually was, but she was the first person that I admitted that I was a high-functioning alcoholic. At that point, it was a shot per hour, maybe two shots an hour from morning until I went to sleep. Um, Shakes, just didn't eat, uh, couldn't sleep, sweating all night long, um, obviously irritable. And uh, it was really interesting. I look back at those videos and go, you look like you were dying. And the interesting part about when you're actually killing yourself but can't feel it is you don't care. Mm. So you continue finding reasons why you're okay. And, and you so were I, able to get jobs even looking how you looked, uh, like up on the stage as, as a DJ, people didn't care. They're fine with off. it. That's a good question. <laughs> I haven't had an employer since 2009. I've been, I've been running my own companies as a DJ graphic designer, photographer, um, web developer, all that stuff. So I haven't had to worry about getting gigs or anything because I had locked down most of my locations on retainer or salary, and I would show up and I would do, I don't know, in my career I did over 5,000 events. Uh, As a DJ for the last five years, not currently, but up until uh, my health issues, uh, I was at a, a permanent location, which is a tourist location, and so they were actually feeding me over a thousand dollars a month in alcohol. All the bartenders, I had tabs, I could run them up, and there's no way that I could afford the amount of alcohol I was consuming. Wow. Just the alcohol that I was paying for out of my own check after the free alcohol was roughly two thousand dollars a month in, wow. in, in poison, which is just absolutely. You, I that's a lot of that alcohol now. too. Alcohol is like a very cheap drug. Yeah. So that's See, a lot, bro. <laughs> It's a lot. So here's the trip, though. The alcohol that always gets us is always the least expensive. That's because we exhaust our resources to the point of it becoming our medicine. and We just want our fix instead of wanting to enjoy alcohol for what it is. Yep. So is this where it came back full circle to Pap's Blue, blue Ribbon? <laughs> I wish it did. I wish Paps was the reason. I, yeah. I, that would have been epic. Uh, um, what's interesting is is I haven't consumed alcohol since 2017. And congrats, I man. Can, thank you so much. And I can still remember the smell. I remember the, the experience. I don't remember the buzz at eight years old. But I remember that being the beer that kind of was the solidifying memory in all of my experiences. And going like, I remember my first beer. I'll never forget uh, but vodka was actually what took me out. So mm. leading up to that, 
there is a day I was in San Diego and I had been taking a nap and which is common because I'm lethargic and just no exercise and sick and uh, I had walked my fiance out and uh, she was going to work and I was staying home and she says you, you look a little yellow today and I was standing at the front door and the sun was like beaming straight on me and I was like no 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 it's just the sun it's you know it's the sun and I went and taken a couple shots and after she left and I didn't really think much of it and then I think it was later that day, maybe the next day, I was taking a nap and uh, I had gotten really sick in my sleep. It didn't really make sense. Uh, as a high functioning alcoholic, all of my hangovers were served with more alcohol. So you're sick? Oh, just take a shot. You'll be fine. You'll forget about it. This was a different kind of sick. It didn't make sense because I, have, I hadn't been drunk in years. I had just been drinking an excessive amount, constantly under the influence and this was a different type of nausea not just it didn't make any sense to me this sounds got louder like changed the kids were playing around i was a proud stepdad for about five years and the the kids were playing with change and it just started to echo around the room in ways it didn't make any sense like every, the walls are starting to kind of cave in i'm starting to breathe i'm starting to get a little sick and it didn't make any sense and so i was like I, Thank you, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> so, as a precautionary measure, which is very rare, um, I got up and I was going to the restroom. And uh, once I got to the restroom, it, I had thrown up four stomachfuls of blood. Um, oh wow! Wow. Yeah, it was it was like a murder scene. Oh. Um, hit the window, hit the mirror, filled up the sink. Um, there's pictures that I still won't even look at that I don't even own. I was like, I don't want to see this. It's like coagulated blood bright red but also charry um, black chunks and stuff and the reality is, is I didn't eat much food I would have a couple bites of a taco and a big meal and all of my calories were consumed through my drinking and what it turned what had happened which I realized later is that two veins had opened in my throat and while I was sleeping my stomach was just slowly filling with blood for hours and hours and hours and it's called uh, esophageal varices it's not common, common, but it happens. And uh, so I had poisoned myself with mm. my own blood, which is crazy because you can swallow a pint of blood before you get sick. So I was basically allergic to myself at that point. The craziest part about alcoholism, the craziest, most intense part about that experience was not the throwing up blood. It was not the feeling nauseous. It was not the kids screaming. It was not my fiance trying to figure it out. It was my very first thought after I threw up was, I feel better now. I'll go have a drink. Yeah. Um, I actually tried to convince my fiance that I was fine. I'm good. I feel great. Oh, I just needed to get that. I feel great. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Go to work. I'm having a very <laughs> real experience to an abnormal situation. She's like, this is not okay. And so at that moment, she, I'm standing here. I'm literally shaking, almost convulsing. Can't stand up. My legs are going weak. I'm thin. I'm pale and yellow. My eyes are yellow. There's blood on my face. And she calls 911 and she's holding me up. You know, <laughs> Within five minutes, um, paramedics had shown up. And I was at the top of the stairs and they brought me down there. And once again, the only thought that I could think of was, I'm not going to make it to the hospital if I don't have alcohol, because alcohol is my medicine. 
and I don't have it, and I didn't take a shot before I got in the ambulance. So being in the ambulance that whole experience, uh, they took me to the first hospital. That was intense. That's the first time I ever felt like a number, like a real, like, doesn't matter how you feel, brother. You, you, there's something happening. We have to take care of you or something bad's gonna happen. And so once they figured out what was happening, they, they put me into surgery. And I remember being put under uh, this team of doctors and nurses and all that jazz. They had sewn up the veins in my throat, which I believe is called banding. Oh. And they had banned my throat up. And then during that process, I went into cardiac arrest. Oh, and man. And ended up in ICU. Yeah. So I was dying. I was, I was 100%. I was, I was on my way out and had to keep me stable. The trip, I didn't know about this until two years later after I was looking at my medical records. So like, yeah, you you wow. were you went into cardiac arrest twice, actually. Wow. Uh, which is really intense to think about, which is why I know what it feels like to die. Once I realized that that's what happened, I realized that I actually died and came back. I'm going to tell you about that in a little bit. Uh, but once they had sewn up my throats, I'm still dying. My liver is failing. I'm on my way out. I'm bright yellow and still dying. And it was to this point where it was so obvious that I was dying that doctors would use me as a tool. And they used to say, nurses come in. This, you see this? This is what death looks like. This man is dying. And I'm now just this pointer board. <laughs> I'm just like a, 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 just a body, almost a cadaver at this point. Wait, so just real quick, what caused that condition? Was it the smoking? Was it the drinking or just something congenital? So when you look at that, when you look at my conditioning, I wasn't eating healthy. I wasn't drinking water. I wasn't hydrated at all. Mm. Um, I wasn't thinking healthy thoughts. I was just an unhealthy person. But when you drink as heavily as I did, even actually I'll say it like this, more people die from drinking less alcohol than I did. I, I developed stage four cirrhosis, which I still have. Um, cirrhosis takes roughly 40, 50, sometimes 60 years for a drinking at high risk. I was able to do that in 24 years. So I doubled my damage in 24 years. And so it was the cirrhosis. Turns out I had hepatitis too. My liver was just being overworked yeah. and it was given in. And that's where that yellow came from is that jaundice, that belly rubin, which is a toxin your liver produces was being flushed out into my system because it didn't know what to do. Mm. And because it was struggling so hard, I was once again poisoning myself. My liver at that point was the size of a football. Wow. So look at your stomach and then put a football in there. That's how big I was. And I was wow. and this happened in a matter of hours. I was swelling, taking on fluids. You couldn't see my ribs. Now I'm a ninja, you can see everything. I'm super cut in the gym every day, healthy as, healthy as can be. The complete opposite. <laughs> and so that's a very, very painful experience. Not just the throbbing, but your skin stretching, oh, your intestines yeah. enlarging, your spleen inflamed. Uh, it, it's detrimental. Like it, it's, it, it was incredibly painful. And this is before the pain set in. Uh, so because my liver was failing, they, that first location didn't have the necessary resources to guarantee that they'll be able to stop me from dying. And so that's when they took me to the second hospital and they're like, dude, we gotta get them, you guys gotta take a look. Do you have what we need? We get there and they're like, we, do, we can't save this guy. We don't have the doctors or the tools or resources, whatever, 
to stop this man from dying. Mm. And so I eventually ended up in, I was in my third hospital. So this is three ambulances I'm already in. They're just moving me around San Diego trying to figure out <laughs> if I'm going to live to the point where they're already calling family members that I haven't spoken to in forever going, he's dying. He's not going to, he's not going to live. Like he probably, he has less than a week. We can help him. We can help him go comfortably, but he's not going to make it. Like he's dying. You guys need to figure out what you want to do. Um, and so I already signed my life away, not next of kin, but whatever that thing is. And it was in the third hospital that I had become like stabilized, still dying, still yellow, um, still extremely sick. Uh, and I was in a room with my fiance and, and at the time, and she had told the kids who I love, he said, he's dying. You, you need to come here. And they actually pulled the kids out of school to say goodbye to me. Yeah. Um, and I'd only known them for like six months. And, uh, anyway, I'm chilling there. And the doctor, this doctor comes in. His name's Dr. Hossany. Super cool guy. He, he walks in, kind of barges, barges in the door, and he says, uh, Cody, you're, you're dying. Do you understand? And at that point, I had already been processing the fact that I'm not going to live. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how I feel about it or what I do or what I've done. Um, this is it, right? So he asked me where he says, you know, Cody, you understand you're dying, right? I said, yes. He says, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you want to live? And it was at that moment that I had to evaluate my worth <laughs> and really determine, is life worth living at this point? Even if there's no, it's just a question. It's mm -hmm. just, do you even want to live, man? Like, <laughs> yeah. because he says, he says a research facility just opened. A bed opened about an hour ago. I can't guarantee anything but I might be able to stop you from dying. What they wanted to do was put me into an experimental research facility for liver dialysis. There's only five places in the world that do this. And it just happens to be an hour ago, this bed opened up and I am not dead yet. So he says, do you want to live? And my oldest stepdaughter at the time was holding my hand and she says, <laughs> You have to try. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to live not knowing what that meant. And uh, he said, all right, are you willing to save your own life? Because if not, go to the bar and kill yourself. You might as well, right? So I was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And uh, Talk about ultimatum. <laughs> yeah. It's like... <laughs> But you're also still in this alternate universe. You know, you're still coming down, you're still on minor medication. You're still processing your world. Your body's given out. You've never been there before. And the reality with that is I, I don't know what that entailed. So because I said yes, I signed this piece of paper saying basically that my family, whatever, wouldn't sue them if <laughs> I didn't live. And then they took me to the fourth hospital where they tortured me for 250 hours uh, excruciating pain I would never wish that on anybody um, <laughs> but with that torture 
Um, I lost my identity. I lost everything that I knew, everything I felt, everything I believed, everything I understood. And that's where I realized that I'm superhuman <laughs> and capable of anything and everything, but I just didn't know how or what or why or when or where I'd be able to capitalize on that. I went in the hospital at 200 pounds and left at 140. Wow. I lost 60 pounds in 11 days. And so how did, those days, how did you lose that, all that? How did you lose all that weight just through the experimental process they were putting you through? Like stress, anxiety, yeah, hydration, deflation, yeah, um, training, all of these things. Wow. To, dude. to, to press that much weight out of your system is excruciating starvation your body's in starvation mode it's literally trying to figure out what to do with itself and uh it was it was torture it was absolutely torture. there was numerous times when i was in so much pain i lost my ability to walk too so i couldn't move around i couldn't do anything everyone's taking care of me and my insides are black uh just it's just a horrible horrendous experience and i wish for death numerous times please make it stop <laughs> it's crazy. It was one of it is. These are just my memories. This is what I choose. Like that trauma, that PTSD is still there. Uh, and it was my my belly ribbon levels when I left the hospital was at twenty point six, which is extremely high. But that's after what they had done for me. They had brought my levels down, so it was actually like 10, 15 points higher. Wow. And uh, I left the hospital in a wheelchair after 11 days. So like, if you continue doing what you're doing, just like this, you stick up with this regimen, you eat these foods, you commit to living a healthy life. You might make it past one year because for only 43% of liver failure or people that struggle the way that I did will make it past one year. Part of that has to be with you're probably going to relapse. <laughs> mm. You're if you continue being the same person, you are going to continue creating the same problems. So you have to commit to saving your own life. And that was, I didn't even understand what that meant. Mm -hmm. So leaving the hospital, barely being able to walk <laughs> from a wheelchair, I spent six months on the couch uh, just trying to get cognitive, trying to get rid of the brain fog. I was on 19 pills a day. They put me on back with them. Uh, that took me nine months to wean myself off of that. That's a muscle relaxer, helped me curve, curve cravings. But that's when I got into really sort of capitalizing on social media. I was on YouTube every day, building YouTube channels, got back into art, mm -hmm. completely reprogramming my mind, my understanding, 100% by myself. There was, granted, my fiance was there and she provided a home, a safe place for me to struggle. Uh, but I was by myself the whole time. And so I spent all of that time understanding social media, understanding communication, basically going, you're not going to DJ again. <laughs> you're not going back into the industry. Um, what do you know and how do you turn yourself into a product or a service? And so it started with graphic design, started monetizing my YouTube channels, getting paid for advertising and all that stuff. Um, then I created my first company called AFID ID. And then I created the Mantis program. Mantis program is basically everything that I did to build my first successful organization online. And Mantis program is everything from mindset, 
everything, all of the personal development, all of the spiritual growth, all of the physical um, attributes associated with living a healthy life, all the way to advanced advertising and marketing and, and all of these things, that's the Mantis program and that's been the major staple in my life because it was designed from a place of nothingness. Where I'm at now is it, most people, if, if I told people what it takes or what it took for me to get here, most people would laugh at it and go like, nope, not for me, not gonna do it, good. <laughs> I'm gonna make it really easy for you to get to where I'm at without the struggle. That's the Beyond Silver program. How do you transform into somebody that doesn't have a problem with substances, that doesn't have a problem with toxicity, there's someone that can call themselves an ex of whatever they were struggling with. I am an ex-alcoholic. I don't have a physical addiction. I don't have an emotional addiction. I don't have a love story. I don't have a craving. I don't have thoughts. I don't have dreams. I walk through aisles. I pour beer for people. I hang on to alcohol on behalf of others. I am around alcohol. My life has nothing to do with alcohol. It's, I have the same emotional connection to this rock I found in Sedona <laughs> as I do with alcohol. <laughs> it's just it's just it's just a thing it's just an emotional entanglement um, when you really look at it and so what did what I have done is is part of my business expanding part of my communication efforts was to jump on TikTok. that was it still is one of the most rapid and powerful apps on the planet by far and I my the two little ones, um, they were, I don't know, twelve and fourteen at the time. They were on TikTok. And I was told by Gary V, he's like, gotta get on this platform. So even though I built my programs and working with my clients and have a, a ton of success from nothingness, um, I wanted to talk about that on TikTok. And then as I was on TikTok, I started realizing that my algorithm was starting to show me unhealthy behavior. People practicing alcoholic behavior and treating it like a joke mm -hmm. to the point where I was like, I remember when I had my first beer, you're drinking a Paps Blue Ribbon. Interesting. You're 16. Interesting. You're 21. You're doing what with the Capri Sun? You're beer bonging Capri Sun. You're, you're practicing what alcoholics would do to serve their addiction. This is, this is not cool. And so my first viral video was me making fun of someone that was in a challenge called the don't make a face. Oh, you're supposed to make a face, <laughs> okay? It's poison and it tastes like jet fuel. If you're not making a face, that's a problem. That's your indicator that you're good, quote unquote, at drinking alcohol. Not cool, dude. You wanna know what you're drinking. Just because you, you can't taste it doesn't mean you're drinking less. And so the narrative around alcohol in most substances, they're not being taken seriously to the point where one of the most powerful social media platforms in the world, there's people on there calling themselves an alcoholic as if it's cool. You don't understand what that means. It's, it's, it's kind of like throwing around the word love. Like, oh, I love you, man. Oh, I'm an alcoholic. No, <laughs> you're not an alcoholic. And if you continue practicing alcoholic behavior, you're going to go down this self-fulfilling prophecy of becoming the alcoholic you were pretending to be earlier. And it's not Don't cool. Do that. Not cool, <laughs> dude. Not cool. I literally have a play that's called You're Not Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so the reality with that, my first viral video was me 
showing up. They had done this don't make a face challenge. And I show up and I'm like, you're so good at that. You know what? I used to not be able to make a face too. I used to impress people with the amount of shots that I can take. And then, you know what? One day I woke up shaking and I need four shots just to function. Now, before you all go down and tell me that you're just built different and it won't happen to you, I started exactly where you are. That is what got 4 million views, 4.4. Hundreds of thousands of people started following me from that one video. This is when I realized that the narrative around alcohol is so convoluted that people don't even understand what alcohol is for. The societal pressures and the picture is you drink to get drunk, to black out and get faded and destroy and do this and the hangover's worth it. You measure your pain against how much fun you had. That's not alcohol. Alcohol is a tool to enrich your quality of life. Just like this rock is a paperweight until I throw it at your face. That's a problem now. (laughs) It was just acting as some weight for the wind. (laughs) Now I'm bleeding, okay? (laughs) It's the same thing. So everything's a toy if you play with it and everything's dangerous if you do it wrong. So because alcohol is an actual poison that does damage over time, if we practice these things and do not bring light to the severity of pretend, the severity of the narrative, then you're encouraging alcoholic behavior in others. This is not cool. (laughs) To the point where I attack major creators in a healthy way that have millions of followers and are showing you how to shotgun Red Bull with a 13-year-old. What are you talking about? What are you saying? Okay, now what's going to happen when they're in a social environment and that's a white claw instead of a Red Bull? It's conditioning. It's programming. You're literally solidifying neurological pathways through visual stimulation and now physical practice. You get good at anything you practice. So if you practice drinking alcohol, you're going to be really good at it. And that's a problem. (laughs) So now, um, because of that, because of the hundreds of thousands of comments, thousands of personal messages, they said, how do I stop? How do I do this? I didn't realize that what I'm doing is a problem, but now that I think about it, I think about alcohol all day long. I have seven children, four nephews I take care of, and I can't get through my day without drinking a box of wine or having four drinks or having beer, 30 drinks, 30 cans, whatever it is, astronomical amounts of alcohol that would kill another human being. Goodness gracious. So because that question was asked, how do you stop? The other question is, if you're not an alcoholic, then what are you? I'm beyond sober. Sobriety, I'm not sober. I don't identify with sober. Sobriety is a practice. I'm not a recovering alcoholic. I am an ex-alcoholic. I have, there's a term, beyond recovered. It's a thing of the past. I'm not in a relationship. That's my ex. (laughs) That woman that I was engaged to for five years, she is also my ex. My ex-fiance, we're no longer in a relationship. I no longer have a physical connection or an emotional connection with that human being. I love her forever and ever, ever and ever, but she is my ex in the same way that alcohol is my ex recognizing that understanding that that is a possibility this is where beyond sober came from the place beyond sobriety is happiness and sobriety is the repercussion of the amount of happiness you create for yourself happy people 
don't punish themselves with alcohol. Happy people don't do unhealthy things like that because those things, those unhealthy thoughts and behaviors and actions do not add value to a happy person's life. So they don't jeopardize their success and happiness and abundance with things that are going to move them backwards. If it doesn't make you happy, make you feel successful, or make you feel abundant, then don't do it. And alcohol is one of those things that doesn't contribute to either one of those areas. So with that, how do you get there? What do you do? Just because you're not drinking a poison doesn't mean you're happy. Just because there's pleasure doesn't mean you're happy. So many people are conditioned and feel and believe that happiness equals pleasure. So when something is pleasurable, you're happy. No, you might be acting happy, but you at your core are still very depressed. You're still anxious. You're still struggling. Temporary pleasure isn't going to create long-term sobriety. Sobriety from toxic thoughts, toxic habits, toxic people, toxic environments, habitual thinking. If you're the same person, just because you're healthy, if you're the same person thinking the same thoughts, you're going to get the same feelings and get those same results because you're probably going to find a reason why you're healthy enough to drink alcohol again. You're healthy enough to do that thing again. You can do it in moderation now. Now, the healthy version of you, a truly healthy, happy version of you, would never jeopardize that. That's why Beyond Sober is so powerful, is because it's from a place of NLP, programming, understanding, acceptance. It's not about healing your trauma. It's not about fixing the problem. It's about tripling down on the solutions, the things that bring you joy and create happiness and make you feel good. It's about stepping into oneness, accepting your powers and knowing that you are unstoppable that you are an unfathomable force in this universe. And the universe is speaking through you and having a conversation with itself. And you're becoming aware of this. You're tapping into elements of your mind that you didn't even know existed. You're finding reasons why you're worth happiness, why you deserve a life you love to live. Not only that, but the support, the tools, the resources, the time, the environments, a place to practice a community that wants to see you win, that isn't looking at you from a jealous place and going, they're winning, that means I'm losing. We're all here to support each other's success because success is abundance. There's more than enough success and happiness to go around for everybody. And the way that we spread that is by showing others what happiness looks like. And that's why Beyond Sober is a place to practice being the version of yourself that you truly want to be. And when you do that, you become an ex. An ex of whatever it was that was holding you back. You're no longer in love with intoxication. You are in love with who you are. And you are attracted and magnetized to your possibilities of becoming even greater. And just knowing that's a possibility is more than enough fuel to keep you saying, hell no. <laughs> Do what? You want to go where? I'll easily say no. That's not even thinking about that. You get good at anything you practice, including happiness. It's really that simple. And so all of my days <laughs> are meant linking with amazing people, providing more opportunities, showing others what happiness looks like, practicing gratitude with everybody, showing them what, what they're really capable of and helping people really come to these terms that they are not their habits. They are not their trauma that doesn't define them. They are what they say they are. 
You are who you feel you are. You are not what I say you are. You don't have to accept that. It's just my opinion. The opinion that matters most is the one you have for yourself, which is why the brand that I have is called Moral Army in drink water. One of these shirts says, I am. That's it. You don't have to finish that statement. You are. Most people like to finish that with more than enough. That is absolutely true. <laughs> you are more than enough. And now you're this centrifugal force of positivity that's fueling your own success just because you recognize that you are. You're here. You're killing it. You're rocking it. You're making magic. And just one healthy habit can literally change the entire world. And as a collective, as a community, we are untouchable, unstoppable. We're considered revolutionary in the way that we talk about and support people through their sobriety into the realms of happiness. It's the most humbling experience. And I'll tell you this, if I had to go through that torture that I wish for death for again, to be twice as happy, I would do it 100%. The most successful thing I've ever done. There's two things that are the definitive concepts behind what I believe success is or where I felt the most success. Allowing happiness in when I had nothing, being happy with absolutely nothing, no house, car, job, money, nothing, health, zero, when I lost everything, allowing myself to be happy, giving myself permission to allow happiness into my life, regardless of my circumstances, is the definition of success for me. Number two, I've always been enthralled with the concept of unity. The second most successful thing I've ever done is build a community that takes care of itself, a community of people that want to support each other, a community of people built from love and light and understanding and respect, and more importantly, empathy and gratitude. Everybody is practicing being exactly who they want to see in the world. And collectively, we grow together. There's no hierarchy. It's just this amazing collective of absolutely phenomenal human beings teaching each other what they know to carry on this concept of evolution and expansion and growth. The most powerful thing that I can sit with all day long is knowing that the seed that I planted will forever grow and bring joy to the world. And that's how I ended up here today. Awesome. I, I love That'll that. work. Yeah. That'll work, bro. I know. I had like a thousand <laughs> questions, but you were, uh, you know, you're so good at speaking. I, I'm just, you know, uh, <laughs> a, con you. a content <laughs> listener here. So I was like, wow. That's good. That's good. I, I practice a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, here's one of my questions. So would you consider it a spiritual practice, a physical practice, an educational practice, like, or all of the above? It's all of the above, and it starts with education. It starts because I, I bring this up a lot. What I'm teaching you is not what you're learning. What you're learning is what you're capable of understanding. So that education place, when people are operating from a healthier, happy place, they operate at 30% better. They literally process the world 30% better. So creating an environment, an online location where people are actually enjoying hanging out with me just like this. I'm like, drink your water, let's go. You get it, you got it, good, drink your water, let's go. We're programming together. So that place of education, 
I'm live, you know, over 20 hours a month on TikTok, just educating thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Lots of those people are in the Beyond Sober program, but most of them aren't too. <laughs> They're there just to learn, just for the experience. So from that place of education opens up the realms of possibility. Is it possible that we're all connected? Is it possible that we're a, a frequency and a vibration? Is it possible we're meant to know each other? Is it possible that the universe aligned us all at the same time? Is it possible God is speaking through you? Whatever it is that you choose to accept, the point is, is that the journey is yours. And from a, a, an environment where all answers are the right answer, then that opens up the spiritual door. Then it makes you go, wow, okay, if this is a possibility and I understand this and I can practice this, I need to strengthen the conversation with my body because I'm not my body. This is a machine. This is a vessel. My consciousness is the gaps between my thoughts. It's my self-awareness. I'm out here somewhere. My machine is having its own conversation, doing its own thing, speaking to my mind. As they communicate, here's where I'm at. So you got to take care of this machine, right? That makes sense. What happens with that, or what we've decided, or what I decided to do, is make sure that everyone has access to a fitness program, access to something that's going to improve their nutrition, their their mental health, their physical health. The fact is, the the better our machines operate, <laughs> the more we can do, the more joyful our experiences are. Whether it's walking to the store or doing nothing, at least you feel great. You can bask in this machine. I. Do I live on the edge of my abilities, which is something a master coach does. A master coach is anybody that spent over 10,000 hours in deep practice of a specific subject or concept. Not in study, in practice, literally lifting and doing and studying and feeling and, and evolving from that place of practice. With that, when you're living on the edge of your ability, you realize what your machine is capable of. You can sit longer, lift more, Focus, like all these things. So beyond sober is, once again, it's all those practices. How you choose to use them is entirely up to you. And this is why most people, once, once they graduate, actually have a graduation party today, um, they go back through the program. And so many people, they will graduate and then become an alumni and then usher new people in and, and help them grow, help them get their fitness on lock, at least they'll get their bodies in, in the right condition. I like to start from the most simple concept of drink water, man. You bored? Drink water. You excited? Drink water. The same way that you might punish yourself for nothing to do is the same way you reward yourself for recognizing that you got everything to do. You drink your water, man. I, I own the brand Drink Water. You can go to drinkwater.com, D-R-N-K-W-A-T-R. That alone, just me saying drink water is repeating and echoing in the community's head. They know that if they've got nothing to do, that they could do the one thing that your body needs, drink water. And just because their body feels so good, they take more action, they do more things. Well, you keep Which making me want to drink more water. It's like every time you, you know say that, I'm like, I should drink more water. Okay, I'm gonna drink my water. I'm drinking more water. Yeah, drink water, it, it's not, yeah, it's, it's good for us, we need it to live, but it's the neurological programming. You get good at what you practice. And if you practice drinking water, you're practicing finding reasons why you matter. You're practicing prioritizing your mental health regardless, and your physical health, regardless of your circumstances. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be thirsty to drink water. It's the point that you want to drink water because you want to live a healthy life or you recognize the benefits. Mm -hmm. It's practice. Everything is practice. And so I ask everybody, 
grab a sticky note, put it on your door, put it on your mirror. What am I practicing? Help, help yourself question you. <laughs> what am I practicing? Am I practicing sitting pretty? Am I practicing taking action? Am I practicing making excuses? Am I practicing moving forward? Am I practicing finding reasons why I'm not crap? Am I finding reasons why I'm not worth it? What, what am I practicing, really? And then that puts yourself in a place of self-auditing, where you recognize that you're starting to practice this less and less and this more and more. And then your, your habits shift. Now you're not practicing. It's just a part of who you are now. It's, you're just that person that does that thing. <laughs> it's called third nature. Holy crap, am I a different person? Yeah. <laughs> who did that? You did that. I can't take credit for your success. You're the one showing up for you. There's no obligation for you to be here. You chose to take these actions on, and I'm going to praise you. We're going to praise you every single step of the way. You're going to get good at receiving compliments. You're going to get good at feeling good. Yeah. What happens eventually as we transform is we kind of feel like we owe the universe or we owe the person or we owe the circumstance something. This is where the whole pay it forward concept comes back. This is why most people that are struggling financially will give a sponsorship slot too. They'll get these astronomical results for no charge and then they'll go donate and then buy a membership for a friend or family or share it or talk about it. When you feel good, you do good. Happy people do happy things and that the inevitable result of taking care of yourself is more happiness. And that's what we thrive on 100%. Man, you happy? You good? You excited? Let's go. Let's make magic. Let's keep pushing. Yeah, we love that because you deliver the same message we, we talk about all the time. It's not about just being sober. It's about having a, a quality and productive life that's right. beyond being sober and not being, exactly. uh, you know, held down by a label of being an addict or an alcoholic, even though you haven't drank in 10 years or used in 20 years, like letting yeah. all that stuff go and not being just like a contributing member of society, but being like a superhuman and, and doing 100%. that by doing the work and putting in good habits and, and really learning and loving living. 100%. Absolutely. In, in that concept, I, I talk to people all the time and go like, you know, you don't even like calling yourself an alcoholic. You don't even have to say that. You, you, you really want to identify with alcoholic? I get it. That's cool. Great. That's fine. If that works for you, great. Okay. Here's what I want you to do. Don't show up and say, hey, my name's Angie. I'm an alcoholic. Be like, hey, my name's Angie. I definitely drink too much alcohol. You can just accept the fact that there's something about you that you don't like. Just accept it. It means you accept what happened prior and you accept that there's work to be done. When you operate from a place of acceptance, radical acceptance, oh, he doesn't like me. Oh, it is what it is. Oh, she loves me. Oh, it is what it is. Oh, I didn't get this or I did get this. It's just radical acceptance. You're allowing yourself to accept things for what they are and what they're not, which is incredibly powerful. But with that term alcoholic, so many people will hang on to that term for the rest of their life thinking that if they let it go, their whole world is going to crumble. Right. This is proprietary programming from a fear-based concept. I feel that so much of society wants you to just remain forever broken because there's always going to be a solution out there, which actually brings up this whole concept. People go, you're just monetizing our depression for your financial gain. It's a business. You're making money from us. You are not going to take this free information seriously. Do you understand what it takes to create like powerful solutions like this 
As a matter of fact, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to everybody you know, absolutely free. You're going to do nothing with it. Right. Or maybe you will, depending on who you are. But the point with this is so many people are afraid to let go of their trauma because they're afraid of taking on the responsibility of their happiness mm -hmm. without that thing that defines them for who they believe they are. They haven't practiced being a different person because their trauma is their identity. And that makes sense. Change is scary. Shift is scary. We got you. Don't trip. And that's why, once again, we want to make sure that we have a safe, pleasurable experience for people where they could practice letting go. They could practice acceptance, practice everything that we talk about, practice what they've learned with a group of people who are also practicing and are also practicing listening. It's one of my favorite things is knowing, hey, man, I just met Ellie. I just met Ray. I just met the Wisco kid. I met Sarah. I met Sammy. Dude, these guys are amazing. These are family to me now. They're closer to me than my actual family members, right? And it just, you would never really find yourself in a healthy situation like that if you hang on to these titles that tie you down to that specific community. You are. You don't have to finish that. <laughs> what do you want to be let's let's work on that there's nothing wrong yeah. right who are you waiting for permission from to be everything and anything right so the, those terms just that understanding alone um, is a powerful conversation that people love to have and that's actually why i've created so much content around the word ex-alcoholic even have ex-alcoholics anonymous thanks for calling ex-alcoholics anonymous how can it ruin your day today and i'm just making fun <laughs> of people that won't let go of that term once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Cool. If it works for you, great. As an ex-alcoholic, we our lives are not conditioned around how much alcohol isn't around us. It's conditioned on how much happiness we're bringing into our life. If that event is going to bring you joy and you want to experience Toby Keith or whatever it is, and there's going to be a bar there, go. You're an ex, man. You can say no. You're a superhuman. You got the power of choice, brother. <laughs> Sister, let's go. Right? <laughs> it's magic when you understand that you can do absolutely anything with practice. There is this point, and I talk to people a lot about it, where they have this identity crisis because they actually feel the unstoppable superhuman possibilities in their being. And they have to sit there and literally pull over to the side of the road and go, is this it? Did I reach this place of ascension? Is this what I've been working towards? You didn't know it until you felt it. You don't know what you like until you like it. You don't know what you need until you need it. And all you needed for you is you, brother. You did it. You did it. And we're excited to see that. We want to celebrate you. It's just magic, man. It's the most humbling experience. Just knowing that people are literally transforming themselves through choice. Happy people are amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's just it's just such a mindset because for so long, uh, you know, all people knew they thought the only thing out there was the uh, AANA mentality, and so a lot of people didn't even, uh, you know, seek help or 
didn't feel great about it because it just never resonated. And so I'm really grateful for you um, and and places like us where we're trying to teach people that there is another way and you can do this and you can be sober and you don't have to have these labels. Like so many of our clients come to us um, and our staff and everyone saying, I just, I couldn't stand so many times a day me calling myself an alcoholic when I wasn't drinking. It was like, and, and relapse is part of recovery. And there's so many back doors to set you up for failure because of the fear base. And if you miss a meeting, you're automatically, of course, you're going to relapse and you can't possibly get sober unless you do it this way. And so, you know, I, I love that you're out there changing the world's viewpoint and mind on what in getting uh, sober and what recovery looks like. Thank you. Thank you. When you see it, people, people, people look at you and go like, that's, that's what I could get. Absolutely. I'm teaching you how to do it. I'll show you exactly how to do it. I'll be here with you the whole, the whole way. Yeah. A lot of, I call people that hang on to these labels and push the forever broken mentality that comes with that a kangaroos. Cause I go like, dude, I could show you how you relate more to a kangaroo than I relate to an alcoholic. I share zero similarities with the person I used to be. That person died. I know what it's like to die. I died in ICU. I was on the other side and came back. I'm not the same person. Like physically, even my molecules in my body, this is my fifth physical version of myself from a molecular standpoint. Crazy, right? So people with those fixed mindsets and those closed loop concepts are the people that are the loudest. Mm-hmm. It's cute. It's cute. Super cute. I love it. <laughs> Keep thinking <laughs> that, brother. That's fine. If that helps you take care of yourself, awesome. But we don't like having to stick to this cult-like feeling. I don't like acting like someone I'm not is another way of saying it. It's, it's AA. I was in AA. I scared people in AA. I have no problems with AA. It's amazing. Yep. For the right people, it's absolutely phenomenal. For people like me, a creative human being, uh, someone that is infinite and in everything and expansive and curious and, and outgoing and just one with the universe, you can't put me in a box like this. It's not going to work. And we're more similar than we are different. So when somebody like has extreme ADHD like me and a majority of the other people that struggle with addiction, you put them in this realm where this structure and admittance that they must bow down to the unstoppable force of a fluid is just just, just this dehumanizing concept. Are you serious? Like this is triggering to me. I'm not an alcoholic, I just have a problem with alcohol. I, it, I won't drink again, but having to identify with something that I don't agree with doesn't make sense to me, it doesn't feel good. And why am I gonna punish myself because this is the only option? There's more people suffering in silence because they don't know that there's another way to create astronomical amounts of joy and happiness and, and be sober, act sober, feel sober. A place beyond sobriety. Forever broken. That's that's just that that's just it's dehumanizing. It, it, I, there's no other way I can really say that. It's powerless. No, you are unstoppable, unstoppable. And to have to admit something or remind yourself that you are the thing that you don't want to be every day, and you face ridicule and beat yourself up. You're the best at that, by the way. <laughs> You practice kicking your own ass every day, all day. That's what you do. And now you have to apply this, that, and the other, and all these pressures, pressures, and if you don't show up, and then you relapse, what are you talking about? 
even the concept of relapse is, is somewhat frustrating. I've gone viral for talking about relapse. You saying you went two months and then you had a drink? That's epic. People that way healthier than you or less healthy than you drink more. They have a very healthy relationship with alcohol. They drink two, three drinks a day. They just, they can stop. You're saying that you went months and then you had a drink and you lost all of your progress. What are you talking about? If I gave you $100 a day for not drinking, how much money would you owe me if you owed me $100 in the days that you drink? You'd owe me 100 bucks. What happened to two months of earnings? <laughs> Is that go You're gonna hand me everything now? No, you still have all of that. Now, one more day, we're gonna earn that 100 back. 100, 100, 100. Keep moving, this is a part of the process. We're encouraging you to accept the fact that life happens. You're not, you haven't practiced this superhuman stuff yet. You've set yourself up for re unrealistic expectations. Now, if you wanna admit defeat and say, I failed, well, I'm gonna step in, Sparta kick you back to reality and say, you didn't fail. You're either winning or learning. At that point, you learned what it, exactly what that trigger was. You learned exactly where to put your attention. You knew exactly what you didn't like. Cool, let's talk about that because that's who you are. That's where we need to put our attention. The alcohol is always gonna be there, but it's not a problem unless you make it one. So, since you're unstoppable, Let's practice finding reasons why that's not the solution. Code, never again. Or maybe you do accidentally or intentionally develop a healthy relationship with alcohol and you used to drink 30 shots a day and throwing up blood every single day. Now you have two beers a month. That's why I created the single shot method. Single shot method is literally transforming the, the practices behind alcoholic behavior. It's not that I want you to quit. It's not that I want you to admit you're an alcoholic. I want you to keep drinking, but I want you to practice drinking less. Practice, get good, really good. The way an athlete trains to become a superstar. You drink 10 beers a day, cool. Now you're the best at drinking nine. We're gonna celebrate you at nine. Cool, you're the best at drinking nine? We're gonna celebrate you at eight, at six, at two, at none. You are practicing writing the code and helping your body expect less alcohol to the point where you feel good, you act good, you are good, you're happier. Now you're in a place of control where you can say, cool, I can have one beer, no problem. I'm in a place of recognition and understanding and power. I understand the weight behind my choices. Or, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. I've had my experience. But the reality with single shot method is there are people who have been drinking, I get testimonials every single day. It's completely free, singleshotmethod.com. You can go there and practice drinking less alcohol to the point of redeveloping a healthy relationship because a healthy relationship with alcohol is a reflection of how healthy you are. If you're a healthy person with healthy thoughts doing healthy things, you drink alcohol in a healthy way. Is there still stipulations there? Absolutely. But when you're in a place of control, guess what's next? Beyond sober. The whole community is here to make sure that you continue either drinking less alcohol to the point of nothingness or you maintain that and you're in a healthy place and happy with, with your decisions. Either way, as long as you show up and practice, you are taking care of yourself and we are proud of you 100%. Dude, that's so awesome. I think you've definitely sold people on Beyond Sober, myself included, and I think I understand why people follow you on TikTok because you gas people up, man. And, and most people, <laughs> you know, like most people aren't out there 
trying to gas others up. They're trying to gas themselves up. They're trying to look cool. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make money. They're trying to do this. But when you make your audience the hero, they will, they want more of that. They're the hero, not you, you know, and people, people like that. So I guess my question to you is like, where can people find beyond sober? I'm struggling with trying to, I want to label what beyond sober is. I want it to make sense to me. Yeah. But what is it actually in reality? Is it an online community? Is it following yeah. you on TikTok? Like, help help me with that part, brother. Great, great. Um, Beyond Silver is 100% online. You can put gotcha. me in your pocket. So from nice. anywhere in the world, you can listen to me like a podcast. You do your homework from your notes on your phone. The reality is, is that it is a digital platform that has numerous social extensions. Got so it. here's what's really cool. And this is why I talked about the community earlier. So many people become an official Beyond Sober member because they want to be a part of the community because of how powerful it is. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people. They think sometimes that the community is Beyond Sober. That's the program. And then sometimes they even skip the actual information. Sometimes people jump into the community and go, wait, this isn't Beyond Sober? Nope. Then they go, go back to the platform and become an official member. And then they start going through the, the videos and, and all of those things and they listen to me, then they go back to the community and practice. So the Beyond Sober program, you could actually Google it. I'm so happy that we're number one on Google. You type in Beyond Sober um, or Beyond awesome. Sober program, Cody Beyond Sober, uh, <clears throat> and it will take you back to the Beyond Sober program. It's 100% digital and it's it's been labeled revolutionary because it's not an AA meeting once a week, trauma bonding with a bunch of people on Zoom. It is not like that at all. It is the complete opposite. It is a collection of human beings equally practicing healthy behaviors and supporting each other's success from numerous platforms. So you've got the Beyond Sober program, beyondsoberprogram.com. Then you have the Marco Polo community and we have, I don't know, 15, 20 subcategories. So we've got a place for new members to chat back and forth, the fourth and practice. We've got the main community, which is all of the members that want to actually show face and have a conversation. We have a place for military and veterans, the fitness community, everybody that's going through our fitness program, uh, people for friends and family. Maybe you're not struggling or they're, or someone you know is struggling and you're in the program. This is a place for you to understand the mind of the people that you love, of the alcoholic or the high-risk drinker. So friends and family can be there. Parents, you got kids? <laughs> And you're not drinking alcohol, how do you practice your 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 sanity? Right? So it's a, a collection of amazing humans who are obviously capitalizing on their we'll say social expertise and helping each other grow. Also, one of the main main reasons why it's so powerful is because it's a judgment-free zone. We don't accept toxicity. We encourage everybody to remove toxicity regardless of what that is. Now, asking questions and getting involved and struggling, absolutely. But we don't tolerate people that are calling other people out, that are literally bringing negativity to the to the group. Because one of the major, if not the biggest staple in the community is the ability to remove toxicity regardless of who or what it is. Toxic food, toxic people, toxic thoughts, toxic environments, whatever. So we're all practicing. Uh, and then we also have the, the Facebook community is called the uh, uh, Beyond Sober Society. <laughs> nice. We have a powerful Discord community, thousands of people over there. 
uh, and yeah, it's just it's just magic. So you you show up for Beyond Sober and you stay for the community, you stay for the practice. It's it's phenomenal, and then we get a chance to meet amazing people like you, extend to different rehab locations. Um, we have new events that are coming up. We're planning different uh, trips for the alumni, for the graduates. It's just unfolding in the most beautiful way we could ever possibly imagine. And uh, yeah, beyondsoberprogram.com. Love it. Okay, so I have a personal question for you. Yeah. Do you have any physical limitations any longer due to you know your past use or are you 100% healed? I know you said you still suffer <laughs> from uh, cirrhosis. Does that hold you back? Is there more or are you? <laughs> that's a good question. So stage four cirrhosis, that's scarring of the liver. So your liver will heal, <clears throat> but there's nothing that's gonna go, oh, this will fix your liver. <clears throat> you gotta help your liver operate. So my liver isn't inflamed the size of a football anymore. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a win. <laughs> yeah. So just kind of looking at my body in the way that it was, um, I was 200 when I went in, overweight, 140 when I got out. Right now I'm 190 in, in muscle. So over the past four years, I've been focusing on this machine. Part of that, um, part of, we'll say the conditioning, part of the repercussions of my liver failure, um, I do have an umbilical hernia which is something that pregnant women get because I actually had ascites. My stomach filled with fluids. I looked nine months pregnant. Um, I had to take four water pills like every single day for months to get all the fluids out of my system. Uh, I do have an inflamed, I'm sorry, an enlarged spleen because when my liver was so massive, there was so much tension and pressure on it, my spleen had to take over. So if I'm, we'll say flexing, you you might mistake an, in, an enlarged spleen for an ab. <laughs> I can feel it right now. What an awesome <laughs> outcome to have, dude. I wish yeah. I had six enlarged spleens. <laughs> I put it, yeah, I'll say it like this, because of that, I, I do core work very differently. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I, I focus more on my sides, my obliques and stuff like that, because it, sometimes if I'm working out, put too much tension on my stomach, then my hernia will act up. Um, and it's like this band that goes all the way around to your mm. back, so your back will hurt, your stomach hurts, and it kind of feels like you're full. I could get surgery for it, but it's not in a position where it's impeding my existence. Um, right now I'm fasting, I'm doing like a 12 hour fast, mm -hmm. and so my metabolism is on point. I'm happier, faster, stronger just than I've ever been in my entire life. I never, ever imagined that my machine could operate this well after just in general, let alone what, with the yeah. damage that I caused to it. Yeah. This is this is where the respect for your machine comes in. And I say this all the time, man, like this this machine right here, it would have left me years ago if it could. It would have passed. It would not I can't believe it fought so hard. Yeah to provide a shell for my mind to exist in. It was on its way out, man. It, it was done without physical support. It would have it would have bounced. And so I have so much love for this machine, so much respect and admiration, gratitude, gratitude and yeah. just, I feed it, I take care of it. It's a separate entity, it's a force that I'm not even in control of, that I can contribute to. It's, I take my machine to the gym so it can play. I take a Cody as a whole, he and I, we together as a unit, go play at the gym <laughs> to the point where I will completely let go of control and just let my body do what it does. When I give it that access, that permission, it does some really astronomical things and it keeps me safe. 
because I'm upside down. I'm six feet in the air doing handstands. <laughs> People were just like going, what's happening? Is that a ninja? <laughs> it is, right? But my machine is taking care of me and I'm consciously aware of what my machine is capable of. So the amount of love that I have and the amount of support that I give this thing is, it's sometimes it's even more than what I give my mind, when I give my brain. But I feed it right, take care of it, I live a healthy lifestyle, and when I when it all comes down to it, uh, I let it be free. <laughs> yeah. I love and respect this thing in ways that I, I've never respected anybody or anything. Mm-hmm. Dude, thank you, man. I go to sleep literally thanking the universe. I'll hug a pillow. Thank you. Thank you for this machine, man. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for being here. And I'm just hugging myself going, I got you. We got us. We good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> fall asleep super quick, wake up super early, super excited for every single day. Today is the best day of my life. And tomorrow will be too. And that's what happens when you live a healthy lifestyle and love the life you live. You don't have to escape from it. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Exactly. Yeah, man. I think, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of things that I've seen in the, the past years of sobriety or being in the treatment space, counseling space, the addiction space. It's like the biggest thing that I see is a lot of people project what they think recovery should look like onto other people that aren't in recovery and want to know what it looks like. Um, And sometimes it can be toxic. Sometimes it can be super unhealthy. And a lot of times they don't know what they're doing. You know, Um, very vulnerable people are asking people how they should change their life. And Mm -hmm. It's. I think it's important what you're doing. I think it's important what we're doing, and and not not projecting what worked for us, but really trying to push what could be better for them as an individual, and not labeling it so much as black and white. And I I, I really resonate with that purpose, and it's important. And uh, uh, I'm grateful for what you're doing as well out there in the world. Thank you. <laughs> of course, Thank you. man. I always say this, man. I'm not here to give you advice. I don't know you. <laughs> you don't know me either. I can't give you advice. <laughs> right. But I can tell you how it is. Yeah. It's up to you what you do with that information. I'm not motivating unless you choose to be motivated by me. That's right. your decision. Right. When you come to your own conclusions, you take your own steps. There's no wrong way to do it when you're excited to take these steps because you will figure it out. And I always say this is like, stop acting like you're not going to figure it out. You always figure it out. That's true. Yeah. We learn how to not walk. encouraged to do it. <laughs> it always works out. Yeah. yeah. If you, you had, uh, if you had any final words for our, our listeners, what would be your best? I'm not going to call it advice. What would be your yeah. best words that you would want to leave them with? Sobriety is the repercussion of happiness. You are not. You do not find happiness through sobriety. You, your sobriety happens as you create happiness. The most successful, the most powerful driving force you're ever, ever going to witness and be able to experience is the joy that you generate. Nothing is coming. Nobody is coming. Nobody's pulling you off the couch. Nobody's kicking that out of your hands. Nobody's holding you accountable. You are the hero of your journey. You are unstoppable, 100%. Nothing is stopping you but you. And when you triple down on what you love and you give your attention to what moves you forward, 
those problems you're giving all your attention to fix themselves, such as alcohol and drugs, such as depression and anxiety. Unhealthy thoughts, unhealthy habits dissipate when you allow yourself to do things that actually bring you joy. Triple down on what you love. And if you don't know what you love, you better start practicing self-love. Because the more self-love you practice, the more self-worth you generate. That self-worth, is, which is the repercussion of your practice, is going to generate an unfathomable amount of happiness, which is going to be the fuel to your long-term sobriety. Period. Love that, man. That's powerful. This will be the easiest podcast to edit for our editor. (laughs) There is none. (laughs) It's yeah. There's nothing to edit out, dude. It's all great. It's all gold. It's all true. It's all awesome. And um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to following the Beyond Sober and 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 following you as well on TikTok and you know hopefully our audience tags along as well. I'm sure. I'm sure we will gain more followers than you will gain more followers from us, but <laughs> we will individually follow you. And I do really appreciate your time and, and your message and, and what you're doing, dude. It's, it's super cool. And I think you, you know that. I'm, <laughs> I'm very humbled by the, by the success of others. When I wake up and know that we've got new members that my, my sobriety coaches doing one-on-ones, they're, they're living their best life. People are thriving, moving forward, finding happiness, you know, creating happiness. My success is their success. And I'm just going to keep pushing. We're just going to keep sharing. We're going to keep growing. We all have something to teach. We all have something to learn. True. And there's no hierarchy in this. I'm not better than anyone else. I've just been practicing a little bit longer. Even in this situation here, I'm learning a ton from you guys. I am here to grow. We are here to literally expand. Every moment is an astronomical experience if you choose to accept it as such. And I appreciate you. And thank you so much for doing exactly what you do. Obviously, we, we send tons of love, tons of light and energy, kind words and, and just, uh, you know, energy, your direction. And I appreciate you. I respect you. And thank you for being exactly who you are. Thank you for showing up for yourself. Otherwise, we wouldn't know each other. That's right. Thank you. We That's appreciate true. that. Yeah, thank you, brother. And like I said, if there's any way, you know, us over at Elevate or individually, Angie and myself can support you and what you're doing, let us know, man. We're uh, we're on a very similar path. We did talk about, uh, prior to this phone call, um, for our listeners that uh, end up joining your program, they could put in the Elevate code and, and yeah. uh, you know, it could help them out in some way. And so 100%. anybody who's listening and, and wants to experience your program, uh, we encourage them to do so because, you know, it sounds like a tremendous aftercare community and group. And I think, uh, you know, 100%. all of our graduates Definitely, should join. Yeah, 100%. You are hooked up. So you can have your listeners obviously use your promo code, all that. They're going to get a discount on lifetime access. Awesome. That's the coolest part about it. We're not here to do this monthly subscription. <laughs> we don't want to see you again. <laughs> we yeah. want you to, to find yourself in this place of going, I'm good. I'm great. Right. And if we can provide an opportunity like that as we continue to expand with your promo code, with that information as a thank you for others for taking care of themselves, having lifetime access to information that's going to continuously grow is one of the most solidifying emotions you could have, knowing that you have the tools, the support, the team, the community 
the access all from your pocket. That's just insane. I love technology for that reason. <laughs> is you don't gotta go anywhere. <laughs> the exactly. same way that you created a problem. That was actually harder than creating the result. Right? You just gotta show up, take care of yourself, and we're here for you. And thank you for sharing this opportunity with your with your community. We sincerely appreciate you. Awesome. Thank of you, course, Cody. Man. We'll uh we might have to do a volume two one of these days, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. There we go, man. Well, we're gonna hey, we're gonna wind it down. I'm sure uh, I'm out of water. Same. So yeah, I gotta go giant. do mine too. <laughs> That's a great place to start, dude. But uh, hey, man, this has been a pleasure, and uh, you know, thank you again, man. We hope you enjoy your day. Thank you. I sincerely appreciate you. Thanks, Cody. Of course, too. brother. We'll talk soon, man. Sounds good, brother. <laughs> All right, guys, that's our show for today. We hope you found some value from listening. And if you did, please share with someone you know or love. You can find us on social media. We are at Elevate Addiction Services. And if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, please call our toll-free confidential 24-hour helpline at 833-33-SOBER or visit our website at elevaterehab.org.